This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 50 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and Gary is with me as ever. Um, It's been a bit of a quiet week really, hasn't it Gary? How are you doing? Yeah, please you remember to ask me how I was doing there. It was almost like you were going to lead straight in and forget that I was even a part of this podcast, Ben. Um, no, I mean, yeah. you some with feelings, Gary. I need to ask those questions. Funnily enough, I had several phone calls and messages this week asking me how I was from a range of different people, including um, Nikki Shaw, who is a, who's a, a researcher in residence at the Priory Academy, very educated uh, a lady who has no interest in football whatsoever, uh, who hmm. phoned me rather than emailed me on uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, so that she could ask if I was okay, um, because obviously we've had a bit of a an interesting week, haven't we, Ben? Yeah, um, I mean, it, we had a very brief chat off air, and really, there isn't any other place to start. Um, Monday was, uh, and I think that there might be a couple of swears dropped in this week, but I mean, Monday was a bit of a shitter, wasn't it? Really, it was. Um, uh, I mean, I'd I'd heard some things over the weekend from a couple of different people, and I'm not just talking the, the quote banter merchants on Facebook, um, but I'd heard a couple of people, a couple of things, sorry, from from a couple of people that I, I trust, um, and I thought, well, shit, this is going to be an interesting Monday. Um, and then I'm not going to lie, like Monday, the news sort of trickled out and and uh, and and sort of got confirmed in a couple of different places that uh, that Danny and Nikki were leaving. And, yeah, I think... What? Danny and Nikki have gone? <laughs> um, but it, it was honestly just one of those, I don't know, like it, it was a n- sort of numb feeling initially, but it was one that I think we'd all expected, although the, the timing was somewhat suspect. I mean, how... For, for starters, I know you've obviously got connections and, and a lot more 
um, a lot more hooks in in places than, than than I have, and I know that you probably were aware of certain things in movement a little bit before others. But how did how did the weekend sort of play out for you in terms of you know stuff that you you'd heard and stuff that you'd uh, sort of had semi confirmed? Obviously, I don't want you to name sources or anything because that's out of order. But yeah, how did it how did it sort of come about for you? No, I'll do that. I'll do that. I don't mind. I don't mind doing that. I don't have any special secret sources. Um, if I'd been told anything in confidence, uh, I would be protecting somebody, but I wasn't. I, did, I didn't hear anything um, other than the usual rumour mill. What really set me off, um, and it was out on Twitter, so I can mention it, my name was Martin Green uh, had put something on now. Uh, Martin is a uh, is an interesting character, very sarcastic, very dry, always looking for a rise, but usually his his intel is spot on. Um, and so when I read on Friday night that he had put everyone should give the cowlers a good send off tomorrow, it rang alarm bells because he fishes, uh, but to a certain level, if you know what I mean. He's not one of those banter merchants that puts utter rubbish on. And that rang alarm bells, and then one or two people kind of messaged me, and and I put the feelers out to one or two, and it started coming back from several people um, that that Danny had kind of said his goodbyes to some of the staff. Now, the the official line is that that probably wasn't the case because the official line is that uh, he only made a decision on Sunday, uh, as far as I'm aware. Um, but I kind of I I was incredibly worried on Saturday. And I think you know we'll touch on the performance shortly, but I certainly think the performance suggested that the players knew that something was amiss. Danny's post-match interview was brief, um, too brief. Uh, there was no real anger in there anymore either. And I just, as soon as I heard his post-match interview, I thought, that's it, he's gone. Um, absolutely, and that was why I put something out publicly uh, when I when I wrote my blog um, that, I, that I was genuinely worried because this was very different. It was different to West Brom, different to Middlesbrough, all that sort of stuff. And then when Monday happened, if I'm honest, I went through a range of emotions because at first I was gutted. And that's the honest truth. I was just like, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? Uh, but very quickly that subsided. And it subsided as soon as I saw them in um, Huddersfield Town colours. And it was just, I don't know, just at that moment, the whole illusion was shattered. And it was back to reality. And by, by illusion, I mean that they're going to stay with us forever and they're going to take us to the championship and, and the dream that we were sold had gone. And when that was actually taken away, I took stock of what we have actually got and where we are actually at right now. And we still, we're a League One side. We're top, top half of League One at the moment. We've got a great squad. We're in good financial shape. And when they came in, we were in the National League. And okay, people, people say things. And Danny and he, Danny in particular said things that, that some people have, have kind of taken offence to um, in terms of Huddersfield not being the right time and everyone's going, oh, well, they must have gone for the money. And I think, no shit. Do you think they have? Hmm. Do you think that, let's say, Lincoln are paying them 150 grand a year and Huddersfield are going to pay them 10 times that? You think that's why they've gone? You, you don't think it's, it's football integrity? Football isn't a game of integrity. Football is a game of money. And if Danny had no integrity, genuinely no integrity whatsoever, he would probably have gone to League One South End when we were in League Two playoff um, positions, like, uh, not last year, year before. He would probably have gone to one of the other jobs that people in the know claim that he's had talks with. What he's actually done is, okay, he's left us in mid-season, but it's not like he's left us in the deep brown stuff, is it? So very, very quickly, I've moved into a place where... I don't. St- I don't want to see photos of him in Huddersfield shirts. 
I don't want to listen to their press conferences. Couldn't give a toss how Huddersfield do. I've wished them all the best. Uh, but the honest truth is I probably don't mean it right now. Um, don't particularly want Huddersfield to do well because they've come and they've, they've apparently done us. But, you know, time moves on, Ben. And as far as I'm concerned, I've just dedicated five minutes of my life to somebody that now has no impact in it whatsoever. So um, over to you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it, it's a very pragmatic way of looking at things. Um and I'm I'm not going to lie that there is a bit of me, quite a large bit of me that's that's still quite gutted um, of of what's you know of what's happened. Um, there will be a lot of people that are gonna, like you say, that they'll be watching the the press conferences. They'll be you know they'll be going, oh well, oh Huddersfield, are, you know Huddersfield are losing six nil. It's like well, no one does it actually impact Lincoln City at the minute, and no, it doesn't. And um, I think you're spot on in terms of. Uh, some of the stuff you've put on the uh, on the blog this week about um, uh, just almost treating it like a relationship um, that you were that you know you, you were the sort of the nerdy kid that that in you know every uh, every teen movie from the ni- mid nineties and early two thousands would have you believe will get the hot girl um, and then eventually you know we had the hot girl and and then all of a sudden the hot girl saw somebody with. Uh, with a car and, and, you know, a gym membership and, and said, right, that's it. I'm off. I'm going to go and go there. But, um, yeah, the, I, I don't, there's a part of me that doesn't buy this, a lot of the anger and a lot of the animosity that's there at the moment. Um, I understand that people are going to be pissed off. I understand that people are going to be, uh, like really angry with the situation. And, and I've gone through little bits of that myself, but it's, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those moments where you've got to look at it and like you say if you can if you could go somewhere and do the same job in a a different environment that's got more um more resources and, and everything else and they're offering you 10 times your salary you've got to you can't turn around to me and say oh i wouldn't take it i wouldn't go it's it's just ridiculous but I, I'm sad to see them go, um, but for for other reasons that have become apparent this week, I'm excited to look forward to, to what's going on um, and what's coming up in the future. Um, as I say, I, I don't buy this this idea from a lot of people that they were lying last week. That Danny was lying when he said that uh, you know that the the Huddersfield job wasn't the right time on on Tuesday and then went on on Sunday, decided to leave on Sunday, but. Um, I think at the time he said that, I think it was correct. I think he probably just, he got a message from the board who said, Huddersfield want to talk to you. And he's gone, no, I'm not interested. And, and that was that. Um, but by all accounts from. Ooh, really? Is that what you think? Well. Is that what you think? By all accounts from, from what's coming out of, um, from what's coming out of the, uh, of, from what's coming out of the, the press. Um, it sounds to me like they initially went there and he said, well, you know, Huddersfield want to talk to you. And Danny sort of immediately just went, no, I don't want to talk to them. Um, but then Huddersfield mm. were persistent in that. I mean, I, I might be just being a bit naive and, and thinking, let, well. Let, let me ask you. That. Yeah, let me ask you a question then, Ben. Okay. How do you think, why do you think Huddersfield would approach Lincoln City not knowing whether Danny would want to move or not? The answer is because the silence they wouldn't Huddersfield are not going to go we want Danny Cowley let's go to Lincoln City and approach them not going to do it 
because they're, not, they're going to have to get an indication of whether the manager would be open to the move. The, the, in 99% of cases, that's going to be, that's going to be the situation. So what I think happened is Huddersfield put the feelers out, speak maybe to Danny's agent, get an indication that Danny would be willing to talk. And I, I firmly believe that in the past, Danny has spoken to West Brom. I believe he has spoken to Barnsley. I believe he has spoken to Nottingham Forest because they're rumours that have come out and they don't start from nowhere. But there's, you know, it's like if, if you're in a job and there's an interview comes up, you go to it for interview experience and to find out what that side of the business is like. So it's as much recon for your own job as anything. But Huddersfield come to Danny, and I personally, and I don't know this, I would imagine that the first conversation went something along the lines of you will be head coach. That's why it wasn't the right time. That's why it wasn't the right opportunity, because they need more autonomy at a football club. That's Mm. why I believe that they turned the job down initially. I believe that had Sheffield Wednesday come in officially, I think that perhaps Danny and Nicky might have been considered. But again, I I haven't seen whether Gary Monk's head coach or manager, um, but I would imagine the level of autonomy and who the chairman is there would put them off that. But as as soon as the Sheffield Wednesday thing came up as well, and that interview with Danny at Doncaster, I know that he seemed to try and put it to bed, but it, it all sounded wrong. And I would imagine what has then happened, sometime Thursday or Friday, Danny's agent has been spoken to again and said, Huddersfield are willing to allow you to be manager and assistant manager. And at that point, he tells members of the staff or the players or whatever's come out, that's where it starts on Friday, even though then the official decision and everything, his second approach came on the on the Sunday. That's my gut feeling. I think, um, I think the, honestly, I think it, it probably lies somewhere within between the two. Um, I think you could be, you know, I think you could be right in a lot of what you've said. Um, from what, uh, from what I've been told, um, I've got friends that are sort of Yorkshire based, and then from my understanding is that the um, the reason that Sheffield Wednesday went with Gary Monk is because he had a lot more uh, football league experience, and that's what they wanted. They they didn't really consider Danny for the job, um, but it's it's definitely come out today in the press that it's uh, it, it was this the head coach manager argument. Um, that that was that was the key to sort of swaying him to to leave, but um, yeah, I this this is almost a little bit cathartic in a way because it's been it's been a weird week because I, I I I sort of put a post on my my personal Facebook page on Sunday and I said honestly it I'm fully expecting to be really gutted this time tomorrow because I just think that. The, the noise seems to be gathering pace. And then if you, you, you go and have a look at what some Huddersfield fans are saying and it's, you know, it, it's almost akin to, to what's been, um, to what's been said on, on some of our pages, but, you know, people are saying, Oh, well, I've, I've got a friend who's got a horse with a member of the playing staff and he expects Danny to be confirmed by Tuesday and all this. And some of it is a bit dodgy. And then you see some people that have got rep, you know, reputable reputations and you think, okay, well maybe. And it was at that point that combined with a couple of other bits that I'd heard, I really started to get quite worried, but um, yeah, I mean, as, as you said earlier, I, I, I think I replied to somebody on Twitter this week. It might've been, uh, might've been our good buddies, uh, uh, Danny Nez and, uh, and Marcus. I think we were, they were talking on Twitter about, you know, 
um, some other fan groups saying, oh, I've, I've unfollowed these, I've unfollowed the wives, I've unfollowed everybody and all this. And uh, they were saying, oh, you know, it's kind of a natural thing to do. Um, but then they said, yeah, I think it was Marcus might have said something along the lines of, I, I don't really get this wishing them well and all the rest of it. Um, and I think Nezzy or Danny commented with, uh, oh yeah, fuck Huddersfield. And I was like, well, the thing is, there is a part of me that genuinely wants them to do well in their career because of what they've done for the club. Like for that, I think nobody in their right mind that supports Lincoln City could ever say that they they don't appreciate what Danny and Nicky Cowley did for Lincoln City Football Club. But the other side of it is, and again, sweary moment, but honestly, fuck Huddersfield. Like I, I there's obviously things that have happened in the past with Huddersfield with uh with stuff I think we actually talked about it on the podcast before the uh before the cup game earlier on in the year but like just absolutely they've not endeared themselves to me at all as three aircraft go past my window which is wonderful um yeah, yeah I, not, I wonder what the hell was going on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah they've not endeared themselves to me at all um and I think I, I want to sort of underline it and, and move on to talk about what we're going to do in future because I think that's where we need to look to now. But the one thing I do want to say is as much as everything, um, as much as I'm taking everything at relatively face value from 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 the official channels, I think the thing that genuinely surprised me the most was the destination and the timing. Um I think had they gone to Huddersfield at the end of the season, if we'd stayed down and, and Huddersfield stayed up, I think I would have been okay with that. Had they done it at the beginning of this season, I would have been very surprised. But again, it's a step up. They can do what they want, you know, in terms of they would have been able to go to a club that's just come down from the Premier League. Um, but it's the timing. The, the, the transfer window's shut. They can't take any more players on over there we're now in a position where we can't take on any players to strengthen our squad unless we go down the free agent route. But what's happened's happened and uh, a lot of people are going to have to to move on pretty fucking quickly um, as I'm discovering this week. But uh, yeah, is there anything more that you want to say on that before we move on to the future? No. Okay, no, that's fair. Um, so yes, thank you for everything, Danny, but fuck Huddersfield, I think is the underlying sentiment. Anyway, um, I say we'll move on to the future. Um, I just want to talk about the Wickham game, which we're going to do very briefly because it's one of those weird anomalies in the season. Um, obviously uh, you've said that you, you felt something didn't feel quite right. I think I was in the same boat. We actually managed to, um, we, we, you know, again, I'll be honest here, we got a VPN and we paid for the match on iFollow um, and we watched it at home and it was um, uh, it was weird. Uh, the, the players looked distracted. They looked like something wasn't quite right and they looked like it was just... <sighs> I think Danny said it after the game, but there was this lack of personality and I think it was it, it was fairly obvious why that was you know, 48 hours later. Um, but you can't concede three goals from set pieces like that. I mean, the, the, the free kick was fair enough. Like, it was a really, really rash, uh, rash challenge from, uh, from Michael O'Connor that gave it away. But then the wall kind of parted and 
left that spot open. Um, and then, yeah, to concede two goals directly from corners. I, I still think the first goal, the first corner was a Bozzy own goal, to be honest, but they've given it to the defender and, and he's completed his hat-trick. So, um, yeah, it was just a disappointing afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. It was a disappointing afternoon because the, it wasn't about the game. And I think, I think if you were to speak to key figures at the club, um, I think that they would would probably admit to you that they knew that something was amiss as well. And I think everybody wanted to get the game out of the way uh, in order to to see what was going to happen. Um, deep down, I, I don't think there's anybody who would be true to themselves if they said, yeah, we went there thinking everything was all right because I don't think anyone did. It showed on the players. Wickham did a good job. Let's not take it away from them. Um, oh, they were excellent. I mean, they, did yeah, have, they were absolutely excellent. They did have, um, yeah, I won't go that far. But, um, well, they, in terms you know, of shutting us down. Yeah, yeah, okay. I doubt, yeah, I'll accept that. I mean, they scored three goals from set pieces, so I certainly think... Um, you know their actual goal threat was was probably less than or um, subdued, let's say, apart from from the set pieces, which we didn't handle well. Josh Vickers has got to hold his hands up for a couple of those, I think, as well. Um, but it was, yeah, it just, it, I don't know, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right at all. I don't think that the tiredness helped. As I say, they had the extra week to prepare, and obviously we were coming off the back of a long period of uh, of Saturday, Tuesday. We were missing a couple of key players in Morel and Lewis, and I just think everything came to a head. And I, that that hopefully is where it's gone pop. You know, we've had this great August, but it, everything's been building. Um, you know, the, the the whole Danny rumor. And if I'm honest, let's face it. It kind of steps back into what we've just been talking about a little bit. But all of this has been building, really, in my opinion, since the budget meeting, when Danny first came out and started really moaning about the budget because he didn't do it as much last year. And for me, it was from that meeting onwards, I felt that the pressure has been building and building. And I think after every game that we've won, we've talked about small squads, we've talked about um, these these pre um these substitutions that they plan in advance, which, you know, looking back now, we glossed over them at the time. But, you know, you plan to make a substitution on 60 minutes. How do you know that that player's not going to feel like he can do another 10 or something like that? So I think there was a lot of messages and little signs that we were missing. Um, and and bang, it all goes pop on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, and here we are on recording on Wednesday. And, and we're left to, I'm not going to say pick up the pieces, because I don't think it's picking up the pieces. And anyone that reads the article I've put out this morning from Michael O'Connor, where he says it's not the end of the world, it's not the end of the world. Um, but the the Wickham game was, for me, the full stop. And now we're just putting the capital letter in place to write the next chapter. And so I, I've got little more to say about the Wickham game other than that. No, that's that's fair. Um, I think, honestly, that's probably the best way to look at it for, for anybody that's still smarting over things um and uh yeah the best thing to do is move on um i think the first thing to to talk about is really will we have will we have a new uh a new pair of cheeks on the seat on saturday afternoon no okay. we won't it won't be that quick we'll have jamie mccoom and andy warrington managing the team on saturday afternoon and I stand to make myself look a fool if that now doesn't happen. Um, but even if they appointed a new manager now, he would not be in the dugout uh, at the weekend. And I don't think they will. I think 
if they're going after, well, let's be honest, there's two main candidates and both of those mm-hmm. main candidates are currently in a job at the moment. Mm-hmm. But if we're going after somebody who's in a job at the moment, it's they're not going to leave a day or two before a game with their other club. And if they did, they're not then going to come straight into our dugout either. So no, don't don't imagine Saturday that anybody will take charge of the team other than McComb, Warrington, and a group of senior professionals on the field. No, uh, that's that's fair. I think uh, I was. I, I think um, from what uh, from what Liam Scully said, uh, there is obviously a a plan that's been put into motion, um, and they are actively seeking. Um, it sounds as though, as you said, there are two very obvious front runners. Uh, the the two ones being, of course, uh, Michael Flynn from Newport, who certain newspapers would have you believe are or is our first choice, and secondly is Sir Gareth. Um, now, of those two, I think both of us have a pretty clear favourite as to who we would take. Um, and it's not the man from Wales. Would that be fair to say? No. Okay. No, it wouldn't be fair to say. I would take both of them. Well, um, yeah, I mean, in I'll equal measure. Yeah. If I had to lean towards one of the two, uh, I would pick Gareth Ainsworth for a number of managerial reasons, not because he's a former hero of the club. Um, but I don't want to spend the next 10 or 15 minutes talking up Gareth Ainsworth when my gut feeling is that Michael Flynn will be the next Lincoln City manager because that would make that, that would make it appear as though Michael Flynn was somebody that we, or that I would consider, because I'll speak from, not for us, for me, I would be someone that I would consider to be second choice, uh, and that certainly isn't the case. Um, I've got carried away with the romance of Gareth Ainsworth. Um, it looks as though perhaps his statement in the news was more geared towards getting Wickham's supporters board to accept investment from an American uh, consortium because they're a supporters board run, they're a supporters run club. Wickham. Mm. So any investment has to be voted in. And Gareth Ainsworth has, has said he would be interested in, in speaking to Lincoln. Um, but you know, that he's happy at Wickham and he needs more money, which I think is more or less him saying either vote in the investment or I'm going to do one. The crucial thing that I think is worth noting as well is he said there has been no contact at the moment. And I think if we read reports on our management situation, it does seem as if steps have already been made to recruit a new manager. If that was the case and it was Gareth Ainsworth, I would imagine that the contact would already have been made personally. Yeah, I can't argue too much there. I think uh, I'd um, personally, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Gareth come in. Um, I know that it's, that is purely a a sentimental decision um, for, for, you know, fairly obvious reasons for somebody that's been um, uh, associated with the term legend at the club. And I know it's it's a term that um, you have you can take umbrage with sometimes, but I think in terms of Gareth, I I don't think there's any uh, any doubt in using it. But, no, no um, more. Yeah. And I, I would be, 
I'd be more than happy if Michael Flynn came in because uh, the work that he's done um, at uh, Newport has been fantastic. I think when we went to when we went to Newport last season, uh, towards the end of the season, I thought he got them set up playing you know decent uh, decent enough football for League Two at the time. Um, I thought he was he, he seems like he's a, a personable manager. Um, it sounds like he's really community orientated as well, which is again something that. Uh, something that Liam said that they're looking for. Um, but uh, I, I I wouldn't complain with either of them. Um, although there are other names in the hat and there's one that's... I, I love it when you get like bookies odds of, oh, well, have you seen who's in the running to be the next Lincoln City manager? So no, they're in the running to be the next Lincoln City manager because they know that if people see it and go, oh, that'll be funny, let's lump a fiver on it. If you get 20, you know, 20 people doing that, that's 100 quid. If you get 20,000 people doing that, all of a sudden they're getting a little bit in their back pockets that they know isn't going to happen, you know, isn't going to go anywhere because it's just not going to happen. Um, I've seen names like Roy Keane. I've seen names like uh, Tim Flowers. I've seen, uh, Ooh. you know, Tim Ooh. Flowers. No, that, that's an outside bet. Tim Flowers would be somebody that I think would be more likely to get the job than Roy Keane, Steve Evans, Kevin Nolan. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I just and Tim Flowers has done a cracking job at Solihull Moors. Cracking job. I, I just think it's more of a. Um, to me, that that's more of a sort of, oh, well, we'll stick that name in there just because it'll get us some money. It, it's not one that... I think from from the wording that was put out by Liam um, on Radio Lincolnshire, he said that he wanted to to bring in somebody with some league experience um, and... Uh, mm-hmm. and Good point. And, you know, uh, that, that is already in a job. Now, obviously, um, well, he said he's probably going to be looking at somebody that's already in a job now. As, as good a job as Tim Flowers has done at Solihull Moors, I don't think he's going to be fitting that bill quite, you know, quite right just yet. Um, but Ian Culverhouse is quite a way up, and he's at he's only at Kings Lynn. Yeah, I did see that. That's that was a that was a surprising one to me, um, as I'm sure it was to quite a few other people. But he was um, he was assistant at Villa, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if that's didn't he? Didn't he also go somewhere like? Grantham or something like that last year, and then yes, um, he was at, he was at Grantham for a while, yeah, and then leave almost straight away, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I think you're right in that. I know he definitely was at Grantham at some point, but yeah. I'm not sure how long he was there for. I think you might be right. Although for me, so, I, I, um, I think at, at 54, I think he's probably a little bit older than they would like to bring in. Yeah, and uh, it's the same. It's the same with the other name that keeps cropping up. Um, and that's Mr. Adkin. Now, I know for me, I just... Jesus I, Christ. <laughs> you thought I was going to make it all the way through without saying that name, didn't oh, you? Honestly. <laughs> Nigel Adkin. For me, and I know that he's he's not, in terms of personality, he's not like Phil Brown. But I just, when I see Nigel Adkins now, I see Phil Brown in that he did a good job once or twice. And then since that, it's all just started to go downhill a bit. I mean, Sheffield United fan that I know, Lee Connor, called him in a message to me the other day, the worst manager they've ever had. Wow. Reading don't speak highly of him. I know he did a decent job at Hull, but it is a decent job at Hull. I mean, Hull are a big club and they have got half decent money. And, you know, I know he had promises broken and he kind of walked away from that. But for me... No, 
no, no, no, no, no. Just because he used to be a teacher, uh, just like Danny and Nikki, that that isn't you know isn't something that we need to see anymore. We're, we're moving away from teachers now, hmm. and he's fifty four again, just like Ian Coolhouse. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's the that's the underlying thing is when you um, when you've got that sort of that sort of pre the pre existing conditions, if you like, of uh, of the of what uh, Liam said. It's um, it, it kind of rules out certain managers, um, but anyway, we shall move on um, because I think we could probably talk about. Shall we? Well, I haven't, I haven't given my opinion on Flynn or Ainsworth yet. The pros and cons of both. He did, didn't you? Oh, go on then. Go on then. No, not the pros and cons. I said something, and then you just took over, and I uh, I woke up about five minutes later, and I think uh, I think I must have missed my cue. Such a prick. You are such a prick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All I would say is that a very quick pros and cons. I think with Flynn, um, Flynn's been a slow burner at Newport, but we shouldn't underestimate what he has done. Um, he's proven the ability to manage against big clubs in cup ties, which I think is one indication of a manager who's on the up because it shows a tactical awareness. Uh, I mean, I think his side only got beat 3-1 by Man City. Okay, it was Man City reserves, but that's still a damn good result. Um, his side are second in League Two at the moment. They're unbeaten. Uh, up-and-coming manager. I have was told by a contact in the national media, uh, so someone in London who, who has spoken uh, to the club uh, about the whole situation, that, that Clive is, is, is someone that likes Michael Flynn. Um, my only two things that just concern me a little bit is he has a state agent business, I believe in Newport. Mm -hmm. Now there's two concerns there. One, if there's an external business interest, I know full well that the amount of work that Danny and Nikki put in wouldn't have allowed them to have an external business interest. So it would just concern me a little bit about that. And the other thing that I would always caution, uh, advise caution on is Steve Tilson had, had done a phenomenal job at South End. He was a South End boy. As soon as you take him out of South End, uh, he was uh, he was awful, as we know. And m my concern again is that is a lot of um, Flynn's playing career has been in that area. So it, it would be interesting to see him adapt to a, a, a positional move into a geographical move, rather. Um, it certainly fits the bill. And as for Gareth Ainsworth, I've seen some criticism. Some people say, uh, how, did, how would we have felt on Twitter back in 94? I think it was Adam Barlow said on Twitter, uh, if, uh, if, if we'd seen Sam Ellis coming in, you know, he'd, he'd got a bit of a management background behind him. He was a playing hero at Zinsel Bank and that went belly up. I think the difference with Gareth is he's proven himself to be very adaptable in terms of tactics. Yes. He can play a really unattractive style and the year, two years ago rather, I would probably have said I wouldn't want Gareth Ainsworth as our manager because his style was so awful. Mm. Um, but they've changed a lot of, of late. But I do wonder if he would rather stay at Wickham and I wonder if this 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 news that's broken, so to speak, is, um, is, is a ploy by him. But let's not forget he married a girl from this area. Uh, she might want to move back here. It might be a yearning that he's got to come back and, and kind of pick up where he's left off. So two very interesting candidates, um, but there are others. And as you say, we're going to move on, but there's, there's Michael Appleton, who um, is certainly a, a, an interesting coach. He's been around the top flight. He's waiting for an opportunity to get back into football. So that would certainly be somebody that I think 
could be an outsider. The benefit there is he wouldn't cost compensation as well. So rather than paying £400,000 to another team or five hundred to another team to get their manager, um, we'd be able to give that for a January transfer budget. Mm. Um, so there's lots of pros and cons. I, I, normally in this situation, I would say something like, I wouldn't want to be in the board's position. Um, I would want to be in the board's position. I'd love to be able to make this choice now because I believe that the football club is better equipped than it ever has been to appoint a new manager. Even going back to the Graham Taylor days, um, you know, I think financially there were some issues when when Taylor first left and went to Watford, and then you know we were promoted from within, so we didn't go out and get another manager at that time. I don't think there's been a board in Lincoln City's history that have ever had a football club on a sound financial footing with a strong playing squad, not a perfect playing squad, but a strong one, um, and will have so many potential choices to make. Mm. And, okay, we get the news that Kevin Nolan is putting his hat in the ring. Fantastic. You know, I'd quite like the job as well, but nobody's going to write about that in the Echo or (laughs) or the Nottingham Post or whatever it came up in. Um, But I would want, if I was on the board, I'd love to be making this decision because they're in a great position to do it as well. Um, and if they make the right decision and it goes wrong, nobody will blame them. Nobody blame Bob Dorian for appointing Steve Tilson because it was the right decision at the time. It just went wrong. But Chris Sutton was the wrong decision at the time and everybody could see it. Yeah. Um, but there'll be no need for calculated gambles. So see, it's an exciting time, Ben. And um, I know we've spoken off air and a little bit on what's happened that, uh, and I'm, I'm not quite as much of a prick to you when we're not on air. Um, <laughs> and, I, and uh, you know, I know that we were both pretty gutted on Monday and I think everybody was, and then we've been pragmatic. And, and in actual fact, this is a really, really exciting time for the football club. Mm. Really exciting. Um yeah, I mean, no. that's the thing. The, the the one thing that um, did make me smile on on the radio the other day when um, when the news was announced and when uh, I think uh, Rob and Michael did the the, the, the Hope and Glory special on uh, on Monday night, which was actually that uh, was a really good listen given the circumstances for everything. Um, it was it was when I think uh, Liam said that he'd already had agents be you know getting in touch saying that they want the Lincoln City job. You think, when would that have ever happened in the previous, you know, 10, 15 years? It wouldn't do. You'd, you'd have, you know, you'd have probably, you know, Bill from down the pub going, I'd played football manager once, I'm going to send him my record and, you know, do that. But instead we've got seemingly... And Tomo. <laughs> and Tomo, yeah. <laughs> we've got seemingly, uh, you know, a really decent um, selection of people um, chucking CVs and, and applications at, at the board. So... Yeah. And also, if you think, if there's an agent rings up now and says, my client's interested in the Lincoln City job, but that manager is currently in work, steer clear. Mm. Steer clear of somebody like that. If we're going to take somebody from another club, it needs to be us making the contact. Yes. Um, and again, I don't I don't know how that works if we just go to Newport and go, actually, Newport, we're going to have your manager. And then Flynn goes, what? I'm not moving all the way to Lincoln. You look at a bit of a mug. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of how it works. But we, is it, we are in a great position. We've talked probably two candidates there and... There are outside candidates, as a, you know, people outside the, the betting. I mean, I, I do like the Appleton. Um, you know, had it been a little bit earlier, 
you know, Paul Hurst not doing a great job at Scunthorpe, but he might have been somebody that, that flagged up after leaving Ipswich. Um, and if it was a little bit later, there might be Nathan Jones at Stoke out of work and, and quickly getting back into work with us. So, you know, the, the board have got to be decisive but not rush into it. They've got to not let the interim period drag on, but also place trust in the people that are there. And that's one thing um, I've been speaking to uh, to Michael O'Connor. Um, that's one thing that you'll read in the club programme this week is, is there's, a, there's a massive belief in the, the people that are left behind. Danny and Nicky have gone. We get that. Fair enough. But all the sports science guys there, all the stats guys are still there. They've been doing a job for the last year, two years. They're not just suddenly going to go walk in on Monday morning and go, hey, the teacher's away. Let's throw paper airplanes at each other and, you know, stick stickers on Lee Frecklington's back that says, kick me. It's not going to happen. <laughs> We've got senior professionals like Jason Shackle, like Lee Frecklington, like Neil Erdley. When you listen to those people speak, mm. You know that we are we're in good hands. Jamie McComb has been at this club longer than Danny and Nicky. Let's not forget that. Mm. You know, Jim McComb was a, a great player for us. He was then he, he didn't do a bad job when he came back as a player. He's a respected member of the staff behind the scenes. Andy Warrington has been around as well. You know, if we don't have a manager next week at this time, it's not going to be the worst thing. It really isn't. Mm. Yeah, I think so. we ideally, I'd like to see no less than sort of three or four games. In, in this sort yeah, of interim I agree period. With um yeah. obviously with, with two coming up, um I think that's gonna be the that's gonna be the, the big one. Um is is you know what's gonna happen in terms of the next week or so. But if we hear anything we'll be sure to to talk about it at some point on the podcast. But um we're forty minutes in and we haven't actually talked about um a game in depth yet. And I don't think we're gonna be into going to too much depth here because uh Given all of the kerfuffle that's been going on, um, I think you said to me that the the research side of things has, uh, has slightly diminished this week. Which, let's be honest, a little bit understandable, isn't it? Yeah, it has. I mean, I can I can talk about Bristol Rovers with some with, with some success. Success is that the right word? Probably not. Um, accuracy. Never mind. Yeah, accuracy. Thank you. It's been a bloody long day, Ben. It really has. <laughs> um, because I do write about League League One and League Two for a living, so I, I do understand the Bristol Rovers situation. Um, they're crap away from home at the minute. Uh, they've played three, they've lost three, and they haven't scored, uh, which really, I think they've conceded six. I might be wrong on that. I haven't got my Football League world, football league paper open. Um, but they're terrible away from home, and we've got 100% record for that purpose only, and because I won big on the England, well, I'll say big, I won 25 quid on the England game, I've actually put 15 quid on Lincoln to lose this week. Um, mm. I know, and I never, ever bet on Lincoln to lose, but basically it was money that I didn't expect to have, and the odds were good, because I can actually see this being a really dangerous game. Um I think that the team are going to go into it with the right attitude, but I think that Bristol Rovers are a very defensive side. They're going to look to soak up pressure an awful lot. And I think one or two teams have done that against us at, away from home. You know, we've gone and we've attacked Doncaster and we've attacked MK Dons and we've had lots of possession and we've been hit on the break. And what's interesting me is that Bristol Rovers do have a tendency to play two up top. Now that, for me, that's unique 
it's not unique, but it, it, it's you know you don't see it an awful lot in this division now. But they play Johnson, Clark, Harris, and Tom Nichols up front. Tom Nichols was at Exeter. He was one of the players that Peterborough bought, expecting to make a million. Played him for one season and then got rid of him because he realised he wasn't going to be worth a million. He's had a nightmare at Bristol Rovers. Absolute nightmare. I mean, I think he had two seasons where he scored three goals each and one or two each in League One. Um, this season, he's he started particularly well. He scored a couple of goals. Uh, and he's good foil for the big man, Clark Harris. Now, Clark Harris is a player that I really like. Um, mm. He scored a couple of goals. He's big, burly, puts himself about. He's got a quick turn of pace. Uh, his, his form, he, he was um, he was at Rotherham. He joined Coventry when they were promoted out of our league, uh, out of League Two, when I think he played against us in that 4-2 game. Mm. Uh, Coventry signed him permanently and then after six months flogged him to Bristol Rovers and Bristol Rovers really needed his goals last year and he kept them up. They're the, he's the reason they're still in League One. Um, and he, they're going to be a handful. And on the break, if they sit deep and they play three centre-backs like they have been doing, um, one of which is uh, Mark Little has been playing. They've got a lad called Tom Davis as well who was at Coventry. Um, so they're a very defence-minded team. Um, their fans are a little bit edgy at the minute. Their, their attendances are down 13%. Uh, on last season uh, and there's a number of reasons for that they were taken over and promised a new ground which they haven't had their, their summer signings although they were the likes of uh, of Davis were were stalwarts but not particularly impressive um, so fans have been staying away and for me I just think they're going to come they're going to be organised we're not going to see as many passes from them as we did let's say the likes of South End and that sort of thing um, you know they're not going to try and out passes they probably make around around 300 a game so they're, they're going to be a little bit more direct and compact um, it's, it's going to be interesting I, we're going to need to be as good as we have been in recent weeks definitely I think um, I, I personally think it's going to be um, a, a slightly less distracted game you know that's that's now like you said that the the Wickham game was the full stop so it's now the point where they go right we know what's happening we've got to find a new manager let's just get on with it in the meantime I think in terms of our performance um I don't anticipate it being as as cagey and as as weird as um as Wickham was um I think um I think you you're spot on when you say about Clark Harris because he's, he, he's well from the stats already. I think he's got four this season so far, um, and he's looking he's looking really good. <laughs> there's no there's no two ways about it. Um, and I I can't really I can't split the game. That's the, I can't I can't call it because obviously we're in a bit of a unique situation um, that this time last week we didn't think we'd be in. Um, and we've just got to we've, we've got to try and well, see if we can uh, can bring home the points. So um, they, are ship, they are shipping goals. They did ship three goals against Accrington at the weekend. They did, yeah. Um, they, they also seem to be getting drawing a lot of fouls at the minute. Since the I think was it the they've had three red cards in games. Not they have had three red cards, but teams that have faced them have currently so uh, so far this season have three red cards. So I don't know if that's. If that's one of those where they're, you know, that they're in that position where they're trying to draw fouls a lot, or well, I think it's because they're a strong physical side. I mean, they've also got Abu Agogo in midfield, who you might remember was the mask wearer for the Shrewsbury in the uh, Checker Trade final. Um, oh, yeah. He's another, he's another former Coventry player. I mean, they've got Clark Harris, they've got Davis, they've got Agogo, so they've done some business with Coventry. 
Um, and uh, it's a game that had Danny been in charge, it would be earmarked as one that you would win. It's three points you want to get on the board. Um, and with their away record and our home record, it's going to be one that some people are going to look at the coupon and go, Lincoln will win that. And even with the change in management, you know, we've had a week to prepare, not a couple of days. So, okay, you take two people out of the equation, but the likes of um, Jamie and Andy Warrington, and I know the senior pros even shuffled training around to suit the new management uh, caretaker managers. So it's doing them a massive disservice if I were to sit here and say I think that they will be majorly affected. But I do think that elements of our play will be affected. And I think one or two players might, might not have dealt with the, the change as much as possible. So it's going to be really up to... This game isn't about the opponent. We've talked about the opponent and every week normally we talk about their strengths, their weaknesses and how that's going to affect our game. This game isn't about Bristol Rovers at all. This game is purely and simply about which Lincoln City turn up. Mm. And if we turn up with the likes of Neil Erdley and Jason Shackle pulling us through, Lee Frecklington active on the bench. I'd quite like to see that. And I know normally he's not on the bench. And I think having somebody like him around the match day squad would be really, really good despite his injury. Um, mm. But if we can pick them apart, I mean, now the three centre-backs, okay, they played um, they played the three centre-backs at home against Bristol, Ro- uh, against Bristol Rovers, against um, Accrington Stanley. And they might, they may not play that. They may play a flat back four. But if they play that three at the back, it's going to be quite interesting how that works. Because if our, with our two wide chaps overlapping all the time, chaps, what is this? Eighteen hundred and sixty-four. This um, is a podcast brought to you by the Stacey West blog, nineteen twenty-three. <laughs> but if that, yeah, well, if it was nineteen twenty-three, we'd be fixing games according to the Peaky Blinders. Um, but, uh, I, I just think it's it's an interesting dynamic because how far deep do their wide players drop in order mm. to deal with our wide threat? And if they do, when they find themselves going five at the back, then we're going to be laying siege. And then it's going to be a matter of whether we can unlock their defence. All of this is assuming that we don't just turn up like we did at Wickham and, and fold like a wet paper towel. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, like you say, it's going to be definitely one to watch at the weekend so um we are aware as well that we we've got uh we've got Rochdale uh next Tuesday night we aren't going to preview that today uh because we've well we've we're nearly at 50 minutes and I, I just want to get a couple of bits in towards the end um so we will probably have a shorter podcast out on uh either Sunday or Monday depending on when we can be asked to record it um, well, I'm working I'm working Sunday morning but we could probably stick something out Sunday night before Peaky Blinders <laughs> there we go you see so um I did put a quick call out for questions uh earlier in the day and um, we've got two did you well uh, it was very brief. I just sort of threw a tweet out. Um, oh, okay, good. I tagged you, you in it. Well, I tagged you in it. It's all right. Yeah. My Twitter has gone mental today, <laughs> genuinely. Every time I look, I have about 15 more likes or retweets or something, which is phenomenal. I really like that people are engaging. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah. yeah I, I, to, to be I fair, missed, mine was... I missed that. Yeah, to be fair, mine was the same as well. It was just like every so often I'd look down and my my phone had like the little red notification bubble and it kept popping up. I'm like, Jesus Christ! It also went a bit mad because we had a competition for the new uh, the new Pro Evolution Soccer as well on the uh, on the gaming website. We were giving away a copy crap. of that. It's not great. It's not great. They they 
when I played the demo earlier on, or when I went to Manchester to play it, which, you know, as we are all aware, that's when I became a lifetime Manchester United fan. Um, mm-hmm. when I went, when I went down there to play it, um, it was, it was actually a hell of a lot better. So they've managed to somehow break it in between then and now, but I digress. Um, so, uh, Yes, that was the last. Uh, my tweet was just going mental yesterday because um, Konami retweeted the "We've got a copy to give away" tweet, and you know, retweet and follow, and my phone might as well have melted. But um, anyway, uh, so we've got a question Gaming from Jason. Gaming friends, <laughs> uh, we've got, got a question from Jason uh, who says, "Do you think the board will look for a more experienced manager for rather than a Nicky and Cow Nicky and Danny version two? No." I think they'll look nope. for a young and up and coming manager. Okay. Um I, I like that in terms of uh experience meaning old. <laughs> um Ed asks, uh, do you think the Cowleys might try and poach any of our players in the transfer window? And if so, who? No. Because I think that whenever Danny and Nicky go to a team, they always try and look for players who are at the level above. Uh if they were gonna try and bring in anybody, it would probably be done. It would probably be Harry Anderson, who I think they can see developing more and more over time. Uh, but I don't think that there's anybody else in our squad, uh, possibly Toff, possibly Harry Toffolo. But I just think with the money that they're going to have available, uh, it'll put them in a different bracket. And I, I think out of respect, they probably wouldn't come back and poach anybody. Yeah, I think that's that's the the answer for me as well. Um, obviously, there was a the conversation with uh, with Liam Scully where he said, you know, the um, um, they've said that they wouldn't want to do anything that would actively hurt Lincoln City. And that was uh, admittedly that was talking about the backroom stuff, um, but there was a question as well about the uh, the current playing stuff. So, I would hope I would hope that the integrity was there and that that wouldn't carry on. And that there is a you know a large part of me that believes that that is the case, and we won't see anybody departing anybody else sorry departing for west yorkshire by uh, in january so um right we've got a couple of questions from bubs as well um he he messaged me them directly um so they're secret from everybody um he said uh, number one are you going to record any of the blog uh, any of tomorrow's fans forum for the blog or the podcast um i don't are you going along no you live in lincoln mate you can walk to it it's an hour round. it's two hour round trip for me yeah, well, I'm actually going to London tomorrow for some more gaming stuff, and I'm, I'm going to be back gaming in friend. time for it. Gaming friends! I'm going to be back in time for it. So uh, if it all kicks off, I'll record it. Um, Listen, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll probably get it on the Hope and Glory podcast, and, you know, I don't, we, I don't think that we would we want to probably encroach too much on them and vice versa. So, you know, if there was anything too too juicy and tasty. But, I mean, let's face it, we had recordings of Ian Holloway and Sam Saunders for tonight and we're not going to have time to put them in, so. No, that's very true. Um, uh, Bubs also says, uh, how much do you like slash hate those photoshops that Gary does of you and him? Um, and uh, my initial response to that is, they are brilliant in the worst way possible. Well, you just wait. I've been trawling your Facebook, mate. I found I some facial expressions. Did you see the one I got? It was one of your wedding photos. Yeah, I know it was. <laughs> I, I got saw a good it. I, mean, I saw it. I saw it, and I was like, Rachel looked at it, and she went, 
where's that from? And we've got the same photo. We've got the same photo in a frame in our hallway. And I looked at it and went, that bastard's been trawling through my Facebook. I've got, a, I've got a couple more. of, But Bob, Bob's he's asking that question, right? And he's being, he's being a little cheeky bugger about it because he knows how good they are because he's deliberately <laughs> taking photos for me to now use. Oh, the, the bastard. Ma- I'm, was it the Matt right, Johnson Matt- Tyler Walker one? He said that was perfect for the you and Ben. <laughs> now I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna oh no because you've already got the photos of me bugger yeah and oh, you know well. the other you know the other worst thing don't you go on then Man United's coming up in it soon oh, for fuck's sake yay so all I'm oh. gonna have is a collection of photos of Lincoln players against Man United kits oh I can't wait for that one. And I'm going to have Man United kits to Photoshop in as well. I don't even do it on Photoshop. I do it on an app on my phone normally when I'm sat on the pan. <laughs> well, I'm, it's nice to know that you think of me when you're having a shit. Um, I don't think of you while I'm doing it. I try and blank it out. <laughs> um, uh, another question from Bub says, uh, the new jingle sounds the same as before. Why is that? It's because I'm really lazy at the minute. Um, and uh, the last one is chances of drawing Huddersfield in the FA Cup. What what would be the odds? Well, the last time that we played Huddersfield in the League Cup, no, it wasn't the League Cup, it was the Autoglass Windscreen Shield or whatever it was. We also drew them in the FA Cup. And I think we did the same with Hull. I think we had Hull in two cups and Huddersfield in two cups at the same, the same season. Uh, and then we went on to play a Premier League team and got hammered, I seem to think, in Crystal Palace. I might be wrong about that. Uh, yeah, we've got to get to the FA Cup third round first, don't we? After that, we'll decide. That's very true. But uh, anyway, so that's that's going to do us for the questions. Um, if you have any more, drop them to us on Twitter. Um, Send them to Ben, I think- not to me. I come, do ben will do all the hard work. Yeah, that uh, sounds about right. Um, so-, <laughs> so yeah, that's, um, that's going to do us on... Uh, let's be honest, it, it's what has been a very strange week for, for the football club and indeed for a lot of Lincoln City fans. But um, yeah, we move on. We search for the new manager and uh, we'll look ahead to Bristol on Saturday. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Cheers. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.